Yo, what's going on? This is 2023 NBA champion Aaron Gordon, and you're watching Undefined with Josina Anderson. So welcome to another episode of Undefined with Josina Anderson, hosted by yours truly. And today, I'm so pleased to be joined by a special, special guest all the way from Spain, even though he is six hours ahead of me. And right now, it is early, early in the morning, the crack of dawn on the east side but it is none other than 2023 NBA champion from the Denver Nuggets forward Aaron Gordon joining us in the building. So we are going to be bringing him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other side. So look who it is, Aaron uh, Gordon in the building. Uh, What's going on? Sorry. You good? Yeah, 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 everything good. How you doing, Josie? How you doing, Josie? And you still be calling me Josie. <laughs> Tell the folks where you are right now. What is going on? Uh, I'm in uh, Malaga, Spain right now. So how you being fancy? Why are you in Spain? What is going on? Um, I mean, uh, they have the... Uh, Jose Calderon has a, a sports facility out here. It's called the Embassy, or the Sanctuary. Um, so... I came out here, uh, you know, um, uh, un poquito trabajo y jugar, you know, so I could play a little bit and I could work a little bit. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Did I just hear you try to uh, break out the um, the Spanish on me a little bit? Did I just hear that? Yeah, un poquito, you know. Un poquito? Yeah, entiendo rapidamente, you know. Well, mira, 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 mira. Yo aprendí español desde que fui muy chiquitito. Estaba en una escuela de inmersión. Así que todas mis clases fue en español. La matemática, la ciencia, la historia. Así que tú estás hablando con una persona que pueda hablar español, Aaron. Vale, vale. You good to go. You good to go. That's See, that's why you should have sent me by Evite on yeah. email. Because then I could have been out there helping you out, make sure you wasn't getting taken by the cab drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you... All right, so kind of tell me what you've been doing in Spain, you know, and, you know, I haven't actually been there. The only place I've been in Europe is France. I went over there for mm. the um, for the fashion show, Fashion Week, like uh, about three, four years ago. So mm. what are the best, if you were my tour guide, what are the best things to do in Spain, Aaron? Um, well, Mallorca is beautiful. Mallorca mm -hmm. is beautiful. Uh, Malaga is a really, really cool city. It's uh, like a real like old town feel to it. Um, like the architecture is beautiful historically, um, just elegant. You know, there's some cathedrals around here, like there's a Picasso museum. Um, that's if you were trying to get cultured, if you try to turn up, you know, you just head down the coast, go to Marbella. Uh, so that's kind of like what I've been doing. I, I've been like working through the week. And then when the weekend comes or if there's a pool party or something like that, I'll shoot down to Marbella real quick. And, mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Go, go tap in with the people, go touch the people one time. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of this pool party, isn't that what you were doing last night? Can you give us the play-by-play -play of this pool party? What, what was going on at this pool party? Yeah, Who was it was there? cool. It was cool. It's now pool party. Shout out to now. Just with a couple of the homies. Um, and then after that, we went to, uh, I think, a restaurant called, or a restaurant slash bar called Olivio, Olive. Basically, Los okay. I don't know. Um, Rick Ross was there. Close so. enough. Yeah, something like that. Rick <laughs> Ross was there, so it was cool. It was a little Wait, wild. what did you just say? Did you just say Rick Ross was there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. The last time I saw Rick Ross was at the uh, Super Bowl when he performed, at, I believe, at the, the W in Arizona. Okay. All right, well, listen here, I, I love it, I love it. Sounds like you're having a great vibe in Spain, but one of the things we have to obviously talk about is your big accomplishment, you know, just this past NBA season, winning the NBA championship. And I'm just so curious, right, right, right. how has your life been impacted and changed since, you know, winning the ultimate uh, trophy? Uh, it's been crazy, Josie, it's been, it's been absolutely wild. Um, it's hard to even put into words, you know? I just feel like uh, the notoriety is just like exponentially grown, you mm. know? 
shit. So like before we won, it's like, yeah, people knew me when I ran, went around the world. But like now, like people like really know me, you know, like they understand that. I mean, they saw, uh, I think they, they don't quite understand what it takes to be a championship or be a champion, but they respect it. You know what I mean? They, they really respect it. And I, I feel like the, like the level of respect has risen in it. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels great. You know, the only thing on my mind is do it again. And do you feel like you have to have a whole new level of security? Do you feel like your whole awareness about yourself when you're out and about mm. has changed? You know what I'm saying? I try and just be indifferent to it. You know, I know that other people are indifferent to it, but like my circumstances, I just try and be like as normal as I possibly can be. Like, I'm gonna still go to the supermarket. I'm gonna still go get my food. I'm gonna still cook my food. You know what I mean? And, and just like, just try and blend in. I know it's <laughs> delusional. I know it's delusional. <laughs> so you out in the grocery store getting your ramen noodle and your rice cakes? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I know, and everyone's like, no, that's not who I think it is. Yeah. You know. You know? <laughs> oh, well, I see. But no, I mean, and, and the security's built in over here, Josie, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah, because I would be concerned a little bit about that because, you know, I know what happened to Kim Kardashian when she went over to Paris. And, you know, mm. you guys always having to be concerned because people know what's in your pockets because it's all over the internet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. I try to be like off the grid, you know? I try mm. to be off the grid. I, I don't post my location I make sure that uh, no one knows where I'm at except for maybe a couple of people you mm. know like where I'm really at you know um and then you know I, I I'm maybe naive in this mm. um aspect of it but you know I, I truly believe in the energy that you put out is the energy that you're gonna get back mm. you know so if I, if I am giving out good energy you know if I'm showing love you know what I mean I I really think the law of the universe will send love back you know but might be naive so i do check my p's p's and q's i do dot my i's and cross my t's that being said mm -hmm. and do you think that when you reflect back on it now especially after the trade in 2021 coming from the magic to the nuggets that you were the missing link um it, it felt like a perfect fit mm. you know felt like a perfect fit like they had everything that they needed to have and then you know you just insert ag you insert me and like we're off and running we know what we're trying to do we know what we're going to accomplish you know I, I really felt like um the year that i got there the year i got traded there i think 2020 i think 2020 2021 20, mm, 2021 20, i feel like we were going to win the championship that year mm. you know I, I we won like 14 straight um we were rolling. Uh, we had just beat the Clippers, and it was like, okay, I think I think we got something here. And then Jamal got hurt, and then you know Mike got hurt, so we was just kind of waiting for the for it to line up for us because we knew we had something special. And if we just stayed together, we stayed um, positive, focused, and, and egoless, and unselfish, and playing for the next man, then I feel like it was gonna happen, and, and I, I feel like it could happen again. Mm -hmm. I just I, I just wanted to say something to you because I, I have a little bit of a confession to make. You said what? That's your Raymond. You're not ready for it? What you just say? <laughs> no, I'm not ready for it. That's your Raymond type confession. That's right. That's right. Not well, Usher Raymond, right? So I have a little bit of a confession. So like during the time of the NBA finals, Aaron, I kind of just a little bit like it wasn't even a really big deal or nothing. Kind of said that I thought that the Heat were going to win the finals. And <laughs> this is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. So you gotta listen to me, you gotta listen to me. So what had happened was, obviously, Aaron, I knew that you guys were the best team, but, you know, after the Heat had beaten the Boston Celtics in Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals, I was kind of flowing with that energy. I thought they were gonna ride with the whole Cinderella blue-collar energy, and Jimmy Butler was kind of embodying that at the time, so... I'm just curious. What do you think about that? And am I like in the media dungeon right now? <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like people, they, they didn't like, people didn't even see us until it was too late. Uh-huh. You know, by the time they had given us our respect, it was, we were hoisting the trophy. 
<laughs> which is cool, <laughs> which is cool at the same time. So he, you're not immediately disowning me if you what? The Heat, the Heat are, are, are an incredible organization. You know, yeah. Jimmy is like hella talented and he was mm -hmm. playing with a bunch of talented cats that people didn't give enough credit. Like, so credit them for even getting to the finals. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just think, I think we had their number. I, I thought it was a, a good matchup for us. And um, I mean, it was kind of like that throughout the whole, throughout the whole series. Like people didn't know uh, what was going on against Minnesota. People had us losing the Phoenix. People had us losing the Lakers. And then people had us losing the Miami. And listen, I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm totally okay with it. I'm cool with it. Like, that's right. Fine. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, even after game two, I know you were saying, okay, you know, it was cool. Like, by the time people figured y'all out, you were already hoisting the trophy. But even after game two and they came in and they took that, there was there any little bit of worry, especially going into Miami after that win? Because the other part of that, too, and some people were talking about this on Twitter and a little bit of yours truly, is that... You know, they didn't have as much rest, obviously. And I know they, yeah. they didn't earn that rest because they played seven games and then coming to the altitude. So there was an adjustment. So right. after they showed they adjusted a little bit, there wasn't a little bit of just a little concern? Not really, you know, not really. Um, mm. it, it was, my concern was more for guys like uh, Jeff Green and uh, DeAndre, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan um, and Ish Smith. You know, it was kind of some of the guys that had been in the league for a minute, have been bouncing around a little bit and never really got a ring. So, like, I just wanted to win for them so badly. Mm. And, and me and DJ, we were talking in the back of the bus, like, AJ, we got to, like, come on, man, we got to pick this up. I was like, DJ, we're going to win. Like, <laughs> we're going to win. But it's yeah. like, uh, I'm just glad, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that the Larry O'Brien isn't a vote. <laughs> Well, what about are you, are are you so? How do you feel about me? Like, does this affect like our our media relationship at all? Because because you because you know I think you're special and everything. It was it was I had a moment and I was just trying to like I was really just trying to razz up the trolls. That's really what it was. I mean, it wasn't it's cool. I don't think Denver Denver is not like the sexy pick. You know, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not Denver's not the sexy pick. Like we we come in and we handle business. You know. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what it is. Josie did. I mean, it don't affect nothing, you know. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I want to know, though, do you think playing around Jokic and just Jamal Murray has allowed you to become more of the ideal version of yourself? I saw people kind of talking about that. I was reading, you know, articles coming into this interview. And then on one hand, I saw, like, just back in uh, your Magic season, 2017, 2018, I believe the 2017 season, you had 17.6 points on an average. This season, you had finished with 16.3. So there are seasons where you are offensively, you know, more productive, but at the same time had more minutes. Efficiency differences, I think, were different this past season for you as well. So how do you view that? Um, it's just kind of like... Uh... When, when you play with great players, it, you know, you, you're expected to raise your level. And that's mm. kind of like what I felt like, you know, I was playing with uh, Nicola and Jamal and it just, and MPJ and KCP and list goes on and on and on. These are like really, really great ball players. And so like that, that raises the level of play. And then uh, it's just the spacing of the game, you know, like we all play, um, we can all play from three levels, but we all have our, our places that we, we like to score from and that we like to play. You know, Joker likes to play in that in that um, in the pocket. Mm. Jamal likes to play uh, over the top, you know, and I like to play in that dunker. So we like we all complement each other very well. And then MPJ is like one of the best shooters of all time. So when you and then KCP is had like one of the highest three point percentages going into All Star break as well. So you know when you put that on the floor at the same time it's just too much it's too much and um it's, it's fun because it's the right way to play and I, I i've always tried to play the right way and i think that's what's unlocking my game is just playing with other guys that love to play the right way 
So when you had the 27 points in game four, the game where y'all won 108 to 95, what did that type of offensive game do for you? And what message do you also feel like it sent to the NBA community as far mm-hmm. as, you know, just being able to get back to that? I'm a big game hunter. Mm. Down to it. <laughs> <laughs> a big game you a big you a big game hunter? That's I'm what it big is. Big game hunter, Joe. You're right. Big game hunter, you know, and that's just what it comes down to. The bigger the game, I'm here for it. The better the competition, I'm here for it. You know, I'm a big game hunter. I'm gonna step up. Yeah, and do you feel like your respect level has changed as a result of just how you played and just, you know, kind of re-demonstrating your diversity? Or is it just like, you know, when I actually have this uh, freedom, I can feast in this freedom because the attention level is different to me. So I can, Mm -hmm. you know, maximize, you know, the cuts to the basket and all that other stuff. Whereas when you were in Orlando from 2014, 2021, there was more pressure for you to be that featured guy. Um, Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely you you can get, uh, you can get like lost in the shuffle in like the best way, you know, not in a bad way. Like when you're out on the court, you can get like, you got to pay attention to so much in our offense that, you know, I can like, just kind of like slip through some of the cracks. I can like sneak behind the defense or get runouts or get tip-ins or putbacks and get all, all the points that you like, it's hard to scout for, you know, like, yeah, you can you can tell this, okay, this guy's cutting all the time uh, or keep him off the offensive glass or stop him from getting runouts. Those are really hard things to stop, you know? Those are really hard things to scout for. And it, it's there's no like, there's no real like scheme to it. You know, it's just like, you're either gonna do it or you're not doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I got to take kind of like a, a step back to take a step forward and, mm. uh, and try and make everybody else's life easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of like what also has unlocked my game is just trying to make the people around me better. I think in Orlando, I was just like so um, oriented on like just being him, you know, like I was just like so oriented on being like that. And uh, it don't work like that. You don't win like that. You know, you win when you, you play with a team. It's a team game. And I, I don't think I was that much of a team player in Orlando. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the respect has risen. Um, I'm I'm excited to get back on the court. You know, like I've been working out, like I said, at Jose Calderon's spot, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back and, and defend it. You know, and, and let everybody know, like, nah, this is not a fluke. Like, we're here now. <laughs> so, do you think the view of you was clouded? as a as a player in Orlando when you had to be that featured guy versus how you're viewed now when you're able to kind of just harvest all the the spaces where you can kind of just you know roam in that in that freedom do you do do you feel that at all yeah well and it's like rightfully so you know I didn't even understand the game of basketball Mm. I didn't understand it I didn't like you know, it, it just wasn't like, uh, I, I mean, as simply as I could put it, I just didn't didn't even understand the game, you know? I didn't understand like how to get to my spots, um, like timing, like I didn't have a grasp of the entire game like I do now. And I think that just comes with a little bit of maturity. I think people always saw in spurts, like who I could be on the court. And it was kind of like that consistency thing that people were kind of worried about and kind of, uh, caring about and and with my newfound grasp of the game being around guys like joker having coaches like mike malone or being in the same coach being in the same system for three years i have a new understanding of the game and it's gonna like make me a lot more consistent and um i think uh yeah yeah how was that even possible though that you feel like you didn't understand the game. I mean, you came out first round, fourth overall pick. I mean, it's not like you didn't have this type of pedigree coming into the game. How it, How is that possible? And do you also feel like whatever you're about to say is a function of having like five different coaches while you were in, you know, Orlando, mm-hmm. Jacques Vaughn, uh, I think you had an interim, James Borrego, Scott Skiles, Frank Vogel, Steve Clifford. Yeah, that definitely doesn't help. 
<laughs> you see, I set the table there for you just a little bit. Because that was definitely the next thing that was coming up. Right. Okay. Well, go ahead and say it in your own words. <laughs> nah, you got it right. You got it right. Yeah. I mean, the 18 year old kid coming to the league, the 17, 18 year old kid coming to the league. I was young. Um, I, I just like everything is just like all athleticism and then like a little bit of ball handling, you know. Like I, I could dribble, you know, I could dribble and I was and I'm athletic as hell. So I was just running a thousand miles per hour, trying to catch lobs, tip dunks, trying to get steals, you know, like that's kind of like what my game had predicated on. And then at the same time, you got um, a new coach every year. So you got to prove yourself as a almost like a rookie every single year. You got to prove yourself to a new coaching staff. Um, you got to pick up new schemes. You got to pick up new defenses, new offenses. You can't nuance the game. And um, it was just, it was difficult, you know, just to try and find a coach that knows you, understands you, and then puts you in a place to succeed. You know, it's very important, very important. You know, it, it happens time and time again. People always just talk about like being in the right situation. And um, it just seemed like it, it was never, quite the right situation plus i was, i mean it's on, it's on my own accord too like i was coming into training camp hurt you know damn near every year i do some stupid janky janky stuff and like come in with like a sprained ankle or I'll come in with a strained calf like every year you know every year so um it just came with like maturity honestly well trust me i understand what it feels like to not feel settled and mm. the impact that has on, you know, your career and the difference of the impact of stability, the difference of the impact of, you know, appreciation, feeling valued, feeling mm. happy, you know, having peace in other spaces of your life and all those things and really still trying to, you know, coagulate all of those different aspects of, of harmony that just can make and in an entire difference one i guess uh example that's coming to my mind real quick is just even like you know Derek carr who's i i don't know why i'm thinking mm -hmm. about him right now but how he's still trying to find that and you know how things got disrupted you know after his uh first coach left and um jack del rio and you know and then everything got disrupted by you know gruden and all these things so i just i completely understand that and then just kind of speaking of mindset i'm curious after that then given everything that you were experiencing with all the ups and downs what then was your mindset when you came to denver were you like oh my god what is this place <laughs> or like how much were you really embracing where you were coming to at the time I, I mean I loved it I loved it you know it was kind of like uh, a little bit of a culture shock going from uh South Florida uh, <laughs> or Central Florida to Denver you know I, I had just picked up a box Chevy in Florida you know what I mean so and and uh gold fronts you know what I mean so like <laughs> I was riding around with my grill my, my slugs on 28s on Forgiatos you know <laughs> <laughs> that's not how they roll in Denver like that. Okay, you know? okay. Hey, and listen, I, just, I lived in Denver for six years. I don't know if you knew that, but I did. Okay. No, nah, I, I didn't know. I didn't yes, know I did. I did you live like, in. I liked there. it out there. I liked it. Like the slugs came with me. Like my girlfriends came with me. Uh huh. <laughs> they didn't like the box Chevy. They actually keyed my car. They keyed my car. Keyed what? My car. So they, I, yeah. They I had keyed your car. Yeah, I got I got my car keyed. I got my box Chevy. My nineteen ninety <laughs> Chevy Caprice. <laughs> I got a key, so I had to send it back to Florida with love. But I just picked up a GTO. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pontiac, old school Pontiac. So that's why I'm, I'm riding it now. Okay. So okay. Little, same same thing, a little old school, different. You know, they mm -hmm. really appreciate the GTO a lot more. You know, <laughs> my 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 slugs there. It's just like I got like four of them, you know what I mean? Just accents, you know. So I had it. <laughs> A little bit of a culture shock, but it's cool. I, I, I really like it out there. It's home. I, I built my my gym. I basically built like a fantasy factory out there in Denver. I know. Tell me about that because I did read the Mark uh, Spears piece before we did this interview and how you basically built this whole big sanctuary to yourself and you got murals of 
uh, Lauren Hill, Bob Marley. I think Obama smoking weed is up in there. I yeah. mean, you know, so tell me about all these points of inspiration mm -hmm. and why that was necessary. Super necessary. Um, one, you, you don't want to get a, so I got a warehouse basically. Yeah. I, I went to a, Shout out LoopNet, LoopNet.com. You can buy industrial buildings, warehouses, um, all types of different um, industrial buildings. So I was looking for a spot that I could build a gym in. Found one. They found one with an open floor plan. And then I renovated the entire inside. Um, I put a loft in there. The front part of it is like a, like a state-of-the-art home. And in the back of it is like a state-of-the-art gym. But you didn't want I didn't want it to get stale. So, you know, I, I had put like giant banners up around the entire court. Granted, the court was the first thing in there. You know, I put I made sure that we put the court in there. Of course. Everybody. I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's everybody, not just a warehouse to have your little flat your little flatbed in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's not, it's not a love pad. I mean, I do think the purpose was no, 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 no. <laughs> to, to, to get you to get your basketball on. Okay. Exactly. So yeah, the this hoop dreams. Like, this is the office. This is yes. the lab. Like, nah, this isn't like somewhere where I'm taking the honeys, you know, it's <laughs> not going to do that. Like, You're like office. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 uh-huh but but anyways no i did see the pictures i saw the oh, pictures right, right. and they're so awesome like, i mean they're Basquiat, like Basquiat yeah. in there. i got uh, bruce lee in there i just put up mae jemison um the first black female astronaut mm. um, i put uh, uh tony hawk in there he's invited to the cookout okay um, uh willie mays no 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 jackie robinson and then chadwick bosman jackie uh, Jackie okay. Robinson. So I got a two for two and one. But um, Josephine Baker, uh, Lone Hill, like you said, Maya Angelou, Hawk and Biggie, Mac Miller in there. Okay, so how come when you put Barack in there, you didn't put him like behind the presidential seal, you know, at the White House or whatever? Mm -hmm. the, can you describe the picture of Obama that you have in, in your warehouse? Why you selected that one? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Obama hitting the dude. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and why was that the vibe that was necessary? You know, does Obama know about this? Do we need to at him? He, you he know, we, we do. He, he we does. Do. I do need to at him. him. Okay. No, I think we're going to the White House actually. Okay. He's not gonna be there. It's gonna be Biden. No, no. I wish Obama was gonna be there. Yeah, listen, you might have to do the Michelle Obama Barack Obama cookout after you leave the, the White House. You know what I'm That's saying? Or maybe he might be there because, you know, Kamala might invite him. You know, I'm sure you could really yeah. pull it off if you want. <laughs> you might be off that, though. I know it. I know it. So I'm but, just, um, I, I guess, I mean, I got Bob Marley in there, too. I love it. Bob Marley smoking. Um, I guess it was just to, like, um, it was just to, like, humanize him, you know? Mm. That was it, to make him more personable. Mm. Um, and be like, okay, like, you don't have to be a square to be a president. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. you, can be, you can be like, I mean, not normal, but like, you can live, lead a normal life and still be president. You don't have to be like a robot. You know, you don't have to be a marionette. You don't have to be a puppet. You don't have to be, you know, are you going to be if you're president? Quite possibly, but <laughs> you, can still, you can still be a person. Well, listen, I think Bill Clinton showed this when he went on uh, Arsenio Hall's show and played saxophone. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you were like two at that time or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I might be a couple years older than you. He went on Arsenio Hall's show, put on the sunglasses, I believe, and he played the saxophone. So there were mm -hmm. some vibes of, you know, humanity outside of your professional yeah. world that were embodied prior to Barack Obama coming to office. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it's important. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> to be a well-rounded person you know well not, not a not a robot and not know? a robot well speaking of uh bob marley because you know my parents are jamaican we i think we talked about that before when you came on my show prior but i just wanted to say really quickly since we were talking about him that my favorite i think i was trying to think about this before we did this interview i was like my favorite bob marley song mm. is, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sing it to you real quick okay i'm okay. gonna sing it to you okay here we go <clears throat> 
Here we go. Here it goes. Jollive. Children, yeah. And Jollive. Children, yeah. What you know about that one? <laughs> what you know about that one? Do you, do you, have you even heard that one? I haven't heard that one actually. Oh, I gotta, I gotta play it for you. I haven't oh. heard that. Okay, so what is your favorite Bob Marley song? The sun is shining. The weather is raining. <laughs> Make you wanna move. It dancing feet. That's okay. my that's, yeah, that's my favorite okay, vibe okay, song. I love that song. We always we always gonna have a vibe. We always gonna have a vibe. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious, are you are you thinking about just even making Denver your permanent home? Speaking of vibes now, and now that you've you know kind of built this whole you know mega warehouse mansion to yourself, I mean, can the the, the Denver fans expect you to plant your permanent roots in Colorado? I could, I would say so. I really like Colorado. You know, it's um, it's really Central America, so I can get to Florida and I can get to California uh, really quickly. Um, it's easy for my family coming from Cali to come see me. Like the flight, the flights that they would take from Cali to Florida, like it, it like took it out of them. You know, so I, I really like um, Denver. It's like a, it's a happy medium for me, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, it's nice out there. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I have started to like sow some seeds mm. and plant my roots out there, uh, especially with some of the um, some of the real estate that I've invested in. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a station for me. Um, I love it. You know, I've, I've cultivated like a really cool like lounge out there. Mm. And... I have some like groceries out there that I had invested into, so that's pretty sweet. Um, it was it was wild. It was wild. I actually uh, invested in um, groceries when I was in Florida. Like invested I, in what? What'd you say? Uh, like groceries. What like, is that? Um, like weed groceries, like marijuana groceries. Listen, I'm sounding all like a. a, a you know, a, a virgin to, to, to whatever you're talking about, because I don't know nothing. <laughs> I was like, well, what did I you just say? I know nothing. <laughs> I was like, wait, what you invested? Here I, I am. I know nothing. You know no, nothing. I, I, I had invested in um, some groceries when I was in Florida. Okay. And the groceries happened to be in Colorado, and then I got traded to Colorado. And so it was like almost like came full circle. So like I had already had some businesses in Denver at the same time so i have some businesses i have some some homes out there or like a home out there and a lounge out there mm. um, I got my dog out there so yeah i really i really uh, appreciate denver um for accepting me and um yeah I, mean, I can see myself making that home if i'm not gonna live overseas um how do you still feed your creative channels because the last time you came on my mm. show you know you had just dropped a single um mm. started from the bottom da 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> they gonna remember us long after we turn into dust. And, and then you were reciting your poetry and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it goes uh, to set the world ablaze. We must navigate the maze that society has made to keep us in our chains. So to cope with the days that slowly drift away, we smoke the sh- they gave until we're laying in our grave, a gutter, the home of little boy colored in his kin who has to suffer for the color of his skin. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing those things? Where where are you with that? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Like I just like I dropped a new single. It's called the Euro Freestyle. Ah. Oh. my travels around Europe, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. is this already on YouTube? Uh, it's on uh, all the streaming platforms. I don't know if it's on YouTube. I don't have a video for it. Oh, yet. you don't have a video? You're not gonna have a video yet. I'm I'm an independent artist, so I don't have to do what the label says. You know? oh, okay, 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 okay. You know I, mean? like, okay. I could just like I mean, I could come to Spain. You know, if you need me it. to be Flavor Flav in the background. You know what I'm saying? I can hype it up with a clock. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you need me, I'm, I'm good for that. Ag. 
I, I, hey, listen, I hear you loud and clear. Copy. Okay. And then what about the poetry? Uh, poetry is, I mean, it's coming along. It's coming along. I, I had, I think I've written only like one poem in the past year. One? Why, AG? Um, Because I think the writing, I think that I'm doing a lot to like figure out what it is I'm trying to say. You know, like still in my rap, still there's some misogyny in the raps, you know? And I'm still trying to like figure out how to like navigate that. Cause you know, we, I grew up listening to that, you know, the misogyny, the sticking raps, like, in the, like we was in the club, like, or not in the club, I guess in the club, but like even before that, like bumping in my tape before going to games and stuff like that, I'm bumping that. Cause it's like, a, it's a banger, but they're talking about the craziest thing. Um, so it's like most of the writing that I do right now is just about, it's like, is more about trying to get the clutter out of my head, you know? Mm-hmm. So that I'm doing a lot of that. Like, so I'll wake up in the morning and write a couple of pages of like what, what I was dreaming about, um, what's going on in my, my uh, what's going on in my life. Um, I've been listening to uh, Rick Rubin, um, create, I think it's The Artist's Way. That's mm-hmm. been helpful. Um, been making music though. So I guess I, I have like, I have an album, you know, I just haven't put it out yet. I haven't mixed and mastered it um, mm-hmm. with the poetry. I got to pick it back up, you know. Mm-hmm. It's definitely falling off a little bit. Is it on your conscience about the misogyny? Is that is a that on bit. your... Yeah. And, yeah. and, and why bad. is that? Because I feel like, let me tell you, AG, when I turn on Twitter, I honestly, look, I came up in a whole different era. I'm a, you know, 70s baby, grew up in the 80s. And I feel like every time I'm scrolling through my phone, all I'm seeing, I'm going to be real with you. I feel like all I'm seeing is women bent over, you know, juggling the twerks. You see what I'm saying? With their backside. And and that's all it is. And then this mumble music, they sound like they got acorns in their mouth. I can't understand what's happening. And it's all it's just like, look at my booty and how simple can this rap be without having any thought in it? That's all I feel like I'm listening to and watching. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems just so like, um, I don't know, like just so like superficial yeah superficial is a great way to put it exactly (laughs) just empty and then it's just like it's just like spat out you know what i mean exactly like there's no thought into it it just feels like it's just like so rapid fire with any actual like conceptualization of what's it what it's doing for uh the rest of the world you know you know there's no like there's no depth to it like you said it's shallow it's very shallow very shallow stuff very shallow. Um, I'm not gonna say like the music, the single that I just put out was like some profound profoundity, you know what I mean? But sometimes I gotta pop my pee, you know what I mean? I gotta pop my shit every once in a while, you know. <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> I mean, listen, because I feel like it's inside of you that oh, I might, you know, I might be a dad one day, you know, mm-hmm. versus you know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to live my real life right now where I am as a as a mm-hmm. as a young man. Is 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 this the devil and angel, you know, kind of yin yang you going? Very important. Now? Very important. That's a good. That's uh, honestly, I think about that a, a lot. Like I, before I even before I have kids, I want to be the man that I know that I can be. Hold myself to that standard so I can teach my youth. So I could teach my kin what is right in the world, the values, you know what I mean, and and lead them. You know, it's very important. I do think about that all the time. Like right now, I'm reading a book called, uh, or it's it's um, the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. You know, so I'm reading that right yeah. now, and it's it's cool. He was the uh, um, the successor to Julius Caesar, I believe, mm. and uh, he just talks about. You know, it's basically just all of his thoughts before he died. It's like before he died, and all of his thoughts it took to rule an entire. Uh, I'm sorry. It, all of it took to tell, rule. Tell Halle Berry to hold on. <laughs> hey, listen, Josie. Try, try not to just you know go hey. off in a whole dreamland right there. Right? Hey, listen. <laughs> are you are you having some flashbacks while you scratch your back? <laughs> like a deep conversation you telling me about you reading about the dude who succeeded julius caesar and we just we just went on 
<laughs> on a whole tangent really quickly I, I just have a couple for you because i know you got to get to this workout um i am i because you're such a deep thinker and it's so hard not to want to try to go down you know this road with you or a couple things or what have you but i am i am curious what concerns you um you know about the world right now whether it is you know we're going into an election year or you know if it could be something as you know news topical as what we just saw happen in Montgomery uh Alabama with the brawl and the video that was all over you know Twitter yeah. and or is it you know what people are talking about when it comes to you know the comments that Jennifer Aniston had about Jamie Foxx and 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 or mm. or or just you know whatever it could even be something that I'm not even mentioning but mm. I'm curious if you have thoughts on any of those topics or also what is concerning you. Off mm. off first thought, I would just say the overall consumption of social media. Mm. Like that's without thinking too deeply, it's just like off the top of my mind, you know, people just are just so glued to their phone, so glued to, uh, yeah, it's just social media is so enthralled in other people's lives and what's going on. And they just don't even like develop, they're not even like developing themselves, you know, and it just feels like it's like turning us into like androids, you know, like it's like some weird thing to where like, we're so addicted to it, to the matrix. Like sometimes you gotta just like unplug, you know. I'd say that's probably off top. Yeah. So addicted to affirmation. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That that gratification, that affirmation, the validations. Um. Yeah. I mean, it just should be. Uh, I don't know. If find validations and affirmations elsewhere other than social media. That's just like. The constant like regurgitation of uh of, of like media like it's not a bad thing like social media is cool like it's a good tool obviously but like mm -hmm. um, if you use it for the right reasons so you yeah. weren't like everybody else who's soaking up what happened in uh montgomery alabama <laughs> oh no i love every single part of what happened <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i definitely see that <laughs> I see the play-by-play. -play. Oh my god, I was in tears. The knuck if you buck version. <laughs> Ducky. Not Yo. that we're advocating violence, but you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes there was there was some karmic, hey. you know, there was some karmic energy that happened there in terms of starting hey. stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, um, hey, sometimes, 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 sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, yo, buddy swam. <laughs> yo, oh, but oh yeah, they oh yeah, because what's his name? Uh, the little comedian was calling him Pookie Michael Phelps or or or, <laughs> or Michael B. Phelps. <laughs> Talk about he was the first man to, to swim, first black man to swim to a fight, <laughs> and then like, and well, it well, got out and started like, wringing well, it, wringing his clothes first before make sure he was like, dry. Oh, we're in trouble. Like <laughs> saw somebody swim and said, "Oh, we're in trouble now." <laughs> <laughs> This black Aquaman. This black Aquaman. All right. Well, I got here my last two for you. You were speaking of Halle Berry real quick. I have to ask this to you really quickly because I feel like this has been in my hemisphere, especially with men that either are in my hemisphere or I've talked to or just conversations that I've had. But I did want your quick opinion on this. I was listening to a couple guys around here where I live, you know, just talking about how females nowadays, speaking of, you know, just how things are in this generation, focus too much on just wanting to get men to buy them dinners and things like that. Mm. And, and like, you know, first dates and early dates need to just start with, you know, a simple drink and not, and, and maybe meeting each other there and not be worried about him scooping you and, and, and take it and, and buying you dinner and trying to get a free dinner. I'm like, mm. hold up, hold up, hold up. When, when did we shift from dinner being too much? Is, is, do, do, are you on this? I, I mean, I don't know what your personal status is, but I mean, I just wanted—I just really wanted to know really quickly if you had an opinion about that. Mm, no, I don't think dinner's too much. Honestly, mm. it's fine. But I mean, it sounds like dudes is broke. <laughs> <laughs> to me, touche, touche, <laughs> right? You can—you're not gonna go get dinner, like what? Like, come on now. But, um. I was actually seeing something about like bringing a woman flowers. You know, I was gonna go on a date with a woman. And I was gonna bring her flowers on the first date. Is that too much? You know, Ooh, I, I, I talk about that. it. Talk about it. 
And I don't think I don't think do, it do, is. Do you I'm still do that? Do you still do yeah, you bring yeah, flowers? If I, if I really like the girl, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna bring. Like, if I'm, we've been talking for a little bit, we finally get to a point where we're gonna go out on a date. I might pick you up flowers. I'm I'll definitely pick up some roses. You know? Yeah, because I think I seen a little footage of you. Um, Throwing flowers from a rooftop somewhere, something yeah, I don't know if it's on your Instagram. Yeah, you know, I, I, know, I know, I know, you got that Romeo vibe in you now. Listen, listen. <laughs> so I'm here for that. I'm here for that. But I'm looking for it. I, I want. Where, where the women that spoil the men, though? You said what? Where are the women that spoil men, though? You know. Listen, we we don't have problem yeah. catering. You know, e- even those of us who are professionally independent, you know, yeah. know how to compartmentalize being professional, being alpha in your space, and still being able to transition ag and come mm. home and you know, like let me cater to you. You know what I'm saying? We can. Hey, look, hey, listen, just let me tell you something real funny, real quick, because, uh, you know, I, I make juices for people around where I live. I like to make people mm. fresh juices. So I, I was asking this dude around the area just now, I was like, do you want some, you know, cucumber juice? And it's not just regular cucumber. I put like, you know, pears and honey and elderberry and rose and all these different things oh, to make good. it like, you know, really good. And yeah. then so he passed me back. He was like, no, I don't like cucumber, but I like cucumber melon lotion. You don't like cucumber, but you like cucumber. I was like, listen, I'm not opposed to getting there. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to say is we're not there. But to answer your question, I don't have a problem doing that. Everything is Everything is just an all good timing. You know what I'm saying? Let's start with the juice. Let's start with the Listen, let's start with the juice. We can have a little progression. But no, to answer your question, do do you find that? Is that why you asked me that? Do you feel like, you know, you feel like women are having a hard time uh, showing their feminine energy to men? Mm, No, I don't don't think so. I don't think so. If they really like them, I think the feminine energy, it comes out. But, you know, I, I just like... I mean, I, I like a partner, you know? I like a partner in a woman. Mm-hmm. So I like, when I when I think of partner, I think of 50-50. Mm. Are you, you know? talking about some G- Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade type stuff? Is it? I like that. I like that. That's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, a little Gabby, Gabby and Wade. I like how, they, how their dynamic is, I think, you know? So are you saying that you would bring the woman flowers, but then at the end of the dinner, would she have to put out the credit card? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. It would be sexy, like how we going on a couple of dates, you know. It'd be sexy if she's like, nah, baby, I got this one. Mm. Because it, it doesn't that doesn't happen for guys like me. Mm. It doesn't mm. happen. They're like, what bro? I can go on Google right now and look at your network, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're gonna pick this up. Like, stop, bro. I, I just seen, I just seen, you know. So it would be nice after every once in a while, you're like, you know what? I got this one. Okay, so that's what so that's what it takes. Oh, that's big time. That's, that's big time. time. If you go okay. if you go out to dinner with a guy, and in the in the card come, and then he he reaches for it. You know what I mean? He play he like like I'm a finna pay. Like you know what? This one's on me. <laughs> Leave that where it's at. He'll be like, wait a minute. But it's so funny how I'm hearing a, like a lot of dudes talk about this because we all went to the sushi spot and the dudes just, I mean, it was like a whole 30 minute conversation. Like, you know, why I have to, can, can she get it? And I'm like, okay, you know, it's just, uh, so that's, this is why I asked you because it's this whole conversation around this dinner energy. So I was like, okay. Right, right. Because it's like, um, like chivalry to me is not dead, you know? Mm. Chivalry is not dead to me. I'm mm-hmm. like I open doors, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's all that. I like if it's raining, I'm gonna make sure that you got the umbrella there for you. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, you ladies is always first. You know that chivalry is not dead. But then at the same time, you know, it's 2023, and we're talking about like um, just like the equality and being seeing each other eye to eye and being respectful completely and, and totally, total, 
you know, then you know, you gotta put your money where the mouth, put your money where the mouth is. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I hear you. Not not opposed. I would I would say yeah. my response to that is that I think it's okay for the man to set the tone in, in terms of the mm-hmm. courtship mm-hmm. early. You know, just letting him know that he's he's willing to lead. He can he can take and partake in that role. And yeah. then you know when there's security around that, that the feminine can or the female rather can now enter her feminine energy as well and telling you that she can take care of you or that she can be aware and heads up about doing certain things that make you feel special or reduce the burden or pressure on you you know what i'm saying does that make sense okay so last thing here so what is what is your focus as far as what you're personally trying to ascend uh, or progress in or improve upon as you get ready for this next season, not just, uh, you know, professionally, although that part, but then lastly, AG, um, even just as, as a man, you know, and, and, and that could, I don't know if that is marriage and fatherhood or whatever that next step is, but what's the next step for you professionally and what's the next step for you personally? Um, okay, so I think discipline is probably the first word that comes to mind. Mm. Overall discipline um, and having a routine. I think that's important as a man is to stick with the routine. And day in and day out, you do your work. You know, early in the morning, you get up, you make sure that you're taking care of everything. You're, you're hitting on every goal that you have set for yourself that day. I think that's important. I'm going to do that day in and day out as a professional and as a man. Um, Other than that, I think I'm going to just continue to develop myself um, with, you know, reading, writing, whatever, whatever. Um, Meditations, therapy, um, overall health, you know, learning new trades, you know what I mean? Like, continue cooking and then um did you just say cooking yeah yeah i just i just made some i just made myself a, a pasta and salmon is fire super fire oh okay pasta salmon is fire oh, going crazy okay doing, doing numbers especially after a day and night of drinking <laughs> you wake up cook that, that um, part whatever. that's what i'm saying what easy very simple very simple <laughs> okay okay um I, yeah I, I guess uh it's just going to continue to like polish i think that's what it is you know i'm I'm just polished you know so when i do end up finding somebody or somebody find me and um like like you were talking about i can set the tone Mm, we love that we love that aaron i love talking to you and having you come on the show you're so You're mentally just, you know, a star. You are a deep thinker. You've just um, accomplished uh, ultimate goal in your profession, able to, you know, traipse around the world in Spain. I know you're getting ready to go to China and still Mm -hmm. developing yourself. So I love your energy. You know that. And you know, yes, he's still calling me Josie. And you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's not, let's not wait so long for it to uh, happen again, okay? I Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> it takes two. It, oh, it takes two? Well, you know what? You did put your new number in the in the, in the the DM for like a year, and I did forget like it was there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Calvin was like, didn't you reach out to him, Dale? And I was like, you know what? His number is sitting there. I ain't even call him. And, like, <laughs> and then I, I realized I did have it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> But listen, uh, I appreciate you all love. All right, well, I'm gonna let you get to your workout. I appreciate you. Thank you, Aaron.